Welcome to the Middle East Update with Amir Serfati. Amir discusses the latest news from Israel and the region through the lens of biblical prophecy. The original video versions can be found on Behold Israel's YouTube and Facebook channels. To make it convenient, we've converted them to audio format to keep up with your busy schedule. Be sure to also subscribe to Amir Serfati on Telegram for daily updates from the Middle East. Amir's Middle East updates are based on the latest and most reliable sources, so you know you're getting the most accurate news. Now, on to the update. Shalom and good evening, everyone. This is Amir Tsarfati, and I am live from the office, from our small little office that we still have here in Galilee. And I hope that you can hear me. I don't know why there is. Yeah, all right. It's. I hope it's okay. Anyway. Just so you know, we are going to talk today about something extremely important, about hostages, about hospitals, and about a major shift in tectonic plates in the world as a result of the uh, events in the Middle East right now, especially ever since October 7th. We'll talk about everything. But before we do that, let me ask you right now to click on the share button if it's facebook or youtube or it's on uh twitter share because a lot of you think that everybody's watching it many people always say well we didn't know it was on just share it right now and that is a small thing but it makes a world of a difference so please do that and let's start with a prayer Father, I thank you so much. You are the God of Israel. They are your people. This is your land. We are your people. There is your word. And you're going to send your son back to this place. Father, uh, no one can take that from you. And uh, even if Israel think that you left that nation, you say, how can you think that? You may think that, but a mother cannot forget her child. So, Father, today we want to look into not only the things that happened, but the things that are behind it, and to see the miraculous intervention that can only come from you in, in, in a world that is so evil and so much against you and against your sheltered ones. So, we thank you and we bless you, and we ask this in the name of the Holy One of Israel, Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Shalom, everyone. Again, this is Amir Tzalfati. It's November 16th. It is Thursday. And this is an extremely important update that I really hope that you will now share as you can with as many people as you can. All right. Thank you. So, the first thing I want to update you is that... Um, Hamas is not only active in Gaza, but it's also active in the West Bank. And we received the reminder this afternoon in one of the roads that leads from uh, the Bethlehem area into Jerusalem. There was a checkpoint there and a car with three Palestinian Hamas terrorists approached. And as the car reached one of the lanes of the checkpoint, three terrorists got out of the car and with guns and pistols and axes they started attacking one 20 year old israeli soldier was killed five others were wounded all three terrorists immediately were shot and killed and when we looked into their car we were quite shocked take a look at the stuff that we found in their car that was supposed to basically last for a major attack that should last them for a long time. They were aiming toward Jerusalem with axes, with pistols, with guns, with lots of ammunition, with hammers. They wanted to kill Jews, as many as they can, with whatever they have. They even brought IDF, stolen IDF uh, um, uniforms so they can pretend to be soldiers and they can access Israeli civilians with more confidence. So, uh, this is what we're dealing with. We paid a dear price. A 20-year-old soldier from Haifa was killed. and But again, miracle because what they planned was huge. 
they came prepared for something very, very big. And thankfully, it wasn't uh, executed the way they wanted. So this is a reminder that Hamas is not just uh, a Gaza. It's, it's a, an idea. It's ideology. In fact, I just read a survey from the last three days that was done in part in Gaza, but mostly in the West Bank. Two thirds of the Palestinians in the West Bank actually are very much in favor of the October 7th massacre, and they would vote for Hamas if there were elections right now. That's what we deal with. That's the people that we have next to us who wants to live instead of us. Now, uh, I would like to also remind you that we are dealing with, you know, a situation in Gaza right now that is evolving into a great, great and amazing performance of the IDF. On October 7th, we were surprised. On October 7th, we were defeated. That day was a day that we'll remember forever. It is the bloodiest day in the history of Israel. But ever since October 8th, when we managed to get back on our feet, we are now back and we perform probably in the most brilliant and amazing military performance since the beginning of this country. Better than 1967, better than 1973. By all means, the most amazing performance the IDF ever had is being conducted right now. Just This is a, just a, from a commando that of today. I think that we have that video uh, that can show you uh, some of the fights that we just had today. Take a look at this one. All right. Now, uh, what I want you to know is that we are fighting in the most densely populated area on planet Earth. And I want you to know two things. I want you to remember them. In the south, in Gaza, we just entered into the largest terror base on planet Earth, the largest terror base on planet Earth. A third of it is above the ground. Two-thirds of it is underneath the ground. What we're dealing right now with is the above the ground. Northern Gaza, it looks like after a major earthquake that was followed by a major tsunami. Trust me, there's not much left from the top because every other house was a terrorist hub that is covering a shaft of a tunnel. But we are now engage in, it's a three steps process. First you take over, then you purify, and then you destroy in order to get to the remainder, remainder of, of the terror base, which is under the ground. And uh, trust me, we are attacking under the ground and we are just doing that quietly away from the media. It's all under the ground. You, we don't need, I don't wanna know, and I don't think anyone needs to know all we need to know is that the job is being done. And that's, uh, again, from great defeat on October 7th to amazing, amazing performance. We have destroyed so far nearly 95 both government and military installations of Hamas. There is no more Hamas, uh, at least not above the ground. They are under the ground right now. In one case, uh, the Golani Brigade made it to the parliament of Hamas. Take a look at the, the parliament in the good old days where they used to meet on the left. And the Golani Brigade with Israeli flag took over the parliament of the Nazi ISIS Hamas that uh, was uh, there. And may I show you, after we took over that place, we made it very clear that this building cannot stay standing. And if we can show the video of us blowing up this building, there you go. The parliament of Hamas is gone. 
And now we are, this is a declarative thing. This is beyond the fact that we believe there is some stuff under the ground. We also believe that when you say that you're demolishing Hamas, you need to remove Hamas symbols of, of, of control and, and government. And that's what we're doing right now. Step by step, we're taking over the military command centers, their outposts, their major outposts, and we are collecting tons of important information that immediately is being processed into actions that we take on the ground. If we get a map, if we know that something is going on somewhere, immediately that intelligence is being processed into operative order in the amazing thing that is happening like in never it never happened in any other war in the history of Israel is the ability in the maybe in the level of the uh, company not even in the level of the platoon to speak to the air force to the navy to the ground forces and also to the intelligence so we work in in synergy that we've never had before between all arms of the military as we uh, move forward. In some cases, the Israeli military is encountering some interesting humanitarian issues. We went into a building that was abandoned, and then we found a very old woman. And the old woman said that she has an autistic daughter that is hiding somewhere. She can't find her. The Israeli soldiers searched, found that daughter, took both the elderly woman and the autistic daughter. And uh, I don't know if we have the pictures. There you go. We brought them out and put them in an armored vehicle and drove them into a safe place. That's as far as things that we see on the ground like that. We have, believe it or not, a unit that is all about saving animals. You know, abandoned horses and abandoned dogs that are there. And, and by the way, for the most part, they have been abused for, for, for months, if not years. And so we also do that. And, and again, we open humanitarian corridors for civilians to move to the south. And most of the re residents of northern Gaza already moved. And that is of course, the great defeat for Hamas, who was hoping to use them as human shields. So that's what you get to see in, in those places. You can also see that we took over the the docking area of the fishing boat this morning. The Flotilla 13, which is the Navy SEALs of Israel, made it. And you can see a picture of them holding the big the flag of Israel right there by the beach. It was a you know, we were fighting there against the terror bases of their Navy SEALs, which means the, the most capable uh, uh, people that they had on their end. And uh, we either killed them or captured them. We captured quite a few of them that realized that unless they surrender, they will not be able to live. And we are interrogating them on the spot. We brought with us Prisoner, prisoners interrogators. So we don't have to get them into Israel to an installation and waste important time. They're being interrogated on the spot. And on the spot, we take decisions based on valuable information that we get from those uh, terrorists that we capture. And so if that's not enough, we also go after other institutions such as the Al-Quds University that was all about teaching hatred of Jews and Israel, and they will not teach it anymore because that place is gone. That's not the only place that is gone. The, the offices of the head of the security, the offices of the, of the governor, the offices of the engineering college where they used to work on bombs and rockets, all of that is gone. Again, what the testimonies we have from Israeli correspondents that are there is that northern Gaza looks like earthquake followed by a tsunami. We literally, and, and, and the reason is because we were shocked to find how many houses are infected with terrorism. 
Uh, in fact, look at this. We entered into an innocent house and look at what we found underneath the bed. I don't know if we have that video. Underneath, here we are in Bet Hanun, baby girl written on the kids. Look what's underneath the bed. Rockets. Rockets under the bed. They found more shells of mortar shells all around these. Look, they have an explosive belt and a, a weapon. All of that in all of that. Look, look what we found in a house. This is exactly why we work very, very slowly as we move. Not we're not wasting time or we're not really, you know, confused. Well, no, not at all. We move forward. But as we move, we have to move very carefully. Look, people told us that you'll never be able to make it to central Gaza City without having at least 500 dead soldiers. But, well, we have 50. And we're already not only in the center, we are in this major hub of Hamas terrorists right there, which is something we're going to talk about in a few seconds. So that's what we have right now. From victory to victory to victory to victory, it is not easy. They are popping out of those shafts because there are thousands of them. They're trying to do something. But, you know, for the most part, when we see a shaft, we take care of business. And that shaft is connected to the same tunnel of the other shaft. And so when we find shafts like that, what we put inside should neutralize everyone in that particular tunnel. And that's how we move forward step by step. And that is quite remarkable. And now another thing is, of course, Hamas Military Academy that we found. Take a look at this photo of the Israeli soldiers next to the Military Academy of Hamas. There's a picture of our soldiers next in uh, slide 11 um, that is uh, right there at the uh, Military Academy. This is where they used to practice for the um, October 7th massacre. Here we are. We made it. We took over and we blew it up. And as we blow things up, look what is being exposed. And look at the slide 12. Look at what we see under the ground. And slide 12, um, we see the tunnels that we are exposing. See, this is, it looks innocent pile of sand or dirt. But look what happens when we bring our D9 bulldozers and we actually see that they, they invested everything in rockets and tunnels and nothing in, in, in pipes and drainage and schools and nothing. Gaza, in every winter, Gaza is drenched with water because there's no you know, drainage facility because everything that is being given to them goes to tunnels and goes to rockets. That's what they do. That's who they are. That's what they're all about. That's their life mission, if you if you get it. Also, we also destroyed terror infrastructures in the as we move forward. You can show more more pictures of, of slides uh, 13 and on. So you can see one by one we we get there and we destroy it and we move forward make no mistake every building do you see that is destroyed it was destroyed mostly from the air because someone was shooting from there that's it's not like we drop a bomb on a building just because i mean these are targets that we get as we move the ground forces identifies an, a target from a far remote building they immediately talk to the F-16s or the uh, um, Apache helicopters and a rocket is getting to that particular floor of that particular building and it is eliminated. So this is what we have so far. We're moving in a very, in a very amazing way. And of course, of course, the Palestinians report something completely different and world media such as BBC is known to be very biased. The BBC is refusing to call Hamas terrorist organization. 
you can show them you can show them the October 7th video and it still will not convince them that they need to treat them as terrorist organization. They always twist words and they always change words. And this is the second time that they needed to say on television that they have that they uh, uh, apologize. Take a look at the apology of BBC. And now an apology from the BBC. A BBC News, as it covered initial reports that Israeli forces has entered Gaza's main hospital. We said that medical teams and Arab speakers were being targeted. This was incorrect and misquoted a Reuters report. We should have said IDF forces included medical teams and Arabic speakers for this operation. So we apologize for this error, which fell below our usual editorial standards. The correct version of events was broadcast minutes later. No, it's not far below your usual. It is your usual. We just caught you with another lie, so you had to apologize. But this is exactly the case. We brought medical teams. We brought Arab-speaking doctors so they can communicate with the locals. They broadcasted that we targeted medical teams and Arab-speaking doctors. Unbelievable. And in this case, because they were caught with the lie, they had to issue the apology. Otherwise, they continue to, 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 to just always, always lie to the people, just like Al Jazeera is doing, Al Mayadeen and Al Arabiya, all of them. The Arab world lives in a complete eco uh, box, thinking that a genocide is being uh, happening, whereas in reality, let me tell you something. If we were about a genocide, this war would have ended on October 8. Trust me, we can wipe them out within a few minutes. But in reality, because they are dressed in civilian clothes, they count civilians as if they're not terrorists. And in reality, don't believe any number they give you because every time they want to report something, they just inflate numbers. Remember, remember the story of the rocket that fell on the hospital in the first couple weeks of the war. They started with uh, 50, then 100, then 500 dead people, they said. from They said it's Israeli uh, missile. The whole world was going, uh, you know, insane to find out that it was their failed launch, and it was 50 and not 500. They don't have a problem adding an, a, a zero whenever they report something. I don't trust their numbers, and for sure, let me tell you, every person they claim to be a civilian is actually a terrorist. In fact, I don't know if we have the video of a civilian clothes person, but I do have it on Telegram. And with this is a war crime. To, to shoot an RPG dressed as a civilian, that means we cannot look at civilians. So this is, yeah, that's, that's, that's another one. It's a different, but, but never mind. Look what he does. He's coming out. Of, we can show it. He's coming out of the hospital, shooting an RPG and running back to the hospital. Now, the, the, the reason why I show it to you is because um, not only that he is using the hospital as a shelter, but he's also dressed in a civilian clothes. So every civilian is now being, you know, suspected as a terrorist. And so when they report that civilians die, it's terrorists dressed as civilians. You have to, you have to also understand that. And now, now let's get to the core of this update, and that's of course the hospitals. And let me explain something. First of all, this is the map of the hospitals in Gaza. I, I think they have more hospitals per square mile than any other place on planet Earth. I mean, and, and, and you'll see why in a few seconds. But this map shows you all the hospitals in the northern part, which is in red, which is where Israel is operating right now and the hospitals that are more spread out in the southern part. The northern part has over 1.1 million people. The southern part has about a million. But you see that the northern part has tons of hospitals for a very, very important reason. Let me show you the map just of Al-Shifa Hospital uh, so you understand why. This complex that you see on the screen it's a complex of tons of, it's about 15 buildings, of which seven are, all are headquarters of Hamas. 
inside the complex of Al-Shifa and around, as you can clearly see. And we know that there are you know, tunnels that are connecting the buildings, but more so deep underground, there are major tunnels that are going all across the Gaza Strip. This is the main headquarter of Hamas, main headquarter of Hamas. And I need you to understand that. Can I get back on the screen? So let me, let me explain to you that Hamas for many years, and we know that even from investigating their um, terrorists right now, as we capture them, we know that Hamas knows that Israel is not attacking hospitals. And we, we don't attack, attack hospitals. The only hospital that has been attacked was the one that received a failed launch of the Islamic Jihad. That's it. We attack around because that's where terrorists are. But when we approach the hospitals, we normally call them before. We normally offer assistance and we are giving them a chance to evacuate peacefully in order not to get hurt. In the case of the Rantisi Hospital, take a look at what we found just a few days ago. So let me show you what we found. The Israeli, the Israeli, the Israeli uh, spokesman, military spokesman, in the basement of the Rantisi Hospital, next to our bike, and next here. This I don't is know when it was used the last time, but it is definitely an MRI machine. No, no, excuse me. That's the Shifa hospital. That's the Shifa hospital, the MRI. But let, let's go to the place where we had a motorcycle that we found. Uh, we actually found, and also a picture of the IDF spokesman with a list on the wall. Uh, we are now in the basement. There you go. And in this basement, we found a motorcycle. They were all used in the massacre of the 7th of October. They even have bullets in this motorcycle. So they came back from the massacre on the 7th of October into Rantisi Hospital with hostages on a motorcycle. Yards from here, we find the chair, a woman, clothes, and a rope. A rope next to the legs. And look above this. Look above it. It's a baby bottle. It's a baby bottle in a basement above a World Health Organization sign. This is a suspicion for an area where hostages were being held. Again, we're in the same basement, and here we see diapers. I want you to see this room. It's in the basement of the hospital. We can see this area is a closed area from the rest of the hospital. We can see the ventilation air that was done improvisedly to this area. Toilets, shower, a small kitchen will provide the terrorists their needs. Also conduct a hideout, a hideout where terrorists take hostages and hideout. You're now entering into the room where we suspect the hostages were being held. I want you to look at this room. People are putting curtains with nothing above, just wall. No reason to put here a curtain unless you want to film hostages and deliver movies. There is a list. This list, in Arabic, in Arabic, this list says we are in an operation. The operation against Israel started in the 7th of October. This is a guardian list where every terrorist writes his name and every terrorist has his own shift guarding the people that were here. I want to show you a room where we found all the gear, the operational gear of Hamas. Hamas is using hospitals, like we showed the evidence in Shifa Hospital, in other hospitals. We are now seeing it in life in Rantisi Hospital. Look at what Hamas is holding inside the hospital. I want you to understand, this kind of gear is a gear for a major fight. These are explosives. These are vests, vests with explosives. Yeah, it's a body vest for terrorists to explode on forces. Among hospitals, among patients, we have hand grenades, people shooting RPGs from hospitals. This is Hamas, firing RPGs from hospitals. The world has to understand who is Israel fighting against. Yep. And make no mistake, if you follow me on Telegram, you know 
that according to the international law, and I specify the entire law, hospitals as, as like schools, but other medical um, facilities, they're actually guarded by international law. Nobody can touch them unless they're being used as for military purposes, and then they are a legitimate target. And even though they are a legitimate target, and we can actually destroy them if we want, we, we, we evacuate them, we approach them with doctors. And take a look at this video from the Shifa hospital as the Israeli commando soldiers approach. They're not holding um, you know, RPGs, they're holding incubators and bring the incubators into the hospital so they can remove the infants, the baby. Take a look at that. We bring supply, we bring beds, we bring all this equipment. These are soldiers that can easily be shot at right now just by doing this. Because obviously, but take a look, boxes with baby food and with everything they need, all of that together with medical teams, doctors that speaks Arabic, in order to take care of them. And yet the BBC is saying, not that we brought medical teams, but that we targeted medical teams, because it's very easy to change one word. Isn't it interesting that not a single patient, not a single staff member of the hospital was either injured or killed in a raid on the hub now I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble, but I don't care. And I, I, I hope that your guys are sharing this uh, with as many people as you can. Okay, so first of all, let me show you the MRI of Shifa Hospital, the main, main, main headquarters of Hamas. This is the MRI room and take a look at what we found in a room that's supposed to be clear of all metal. Inside the MRI center of the Shifa hospital, Israeli troops breached here a few hours ago and we have cleared the area, make sure that it's safe. And a few of the most interesting things that we have found totally confirm without any doubt that Hamas systematically uses hospitals in their military operations in violation of international law. And what we have found, I think, is only the tip of the iceberg. Let me show you a few examples. Security cameras have been obstructed. All of the security cameras are uh, covered, and this isn't the only one. You'll see the rest of them here. I don't know when it was used the last time, but it is definitely an MRI machine. And if you follow me behind the MRI machine, I'll show you what our troops exposed just minutes ago. In military terms, this is a grab bag. Grab and go of a Hamas combatant. And if you zoom in, and we get some light over here. What you will be able to see are is military equipment. There is a an AK-47. There are cartridges, am ammo. There are uh, grenades in here. Of course, uniform. And all of that. This was hidden, very conveniently, secretly behind the MRI machine. On the other side, we found a backpack with what appears to be very important intelligence, including a laptop, and we'll show you that momentarily. We try to uncover the cameras, but all of the cameras have been obstructed. You can see there's black tape covering it. And when our troops open this closet here, which is in the main part of the clinic, this is what they found. The contents of the bag are full military kit for one Hamas terrorist, a live grenade ammunition, fighting vest with insignia, boots, and of course uniforms, and last but not least, standard AK-47. Inside the hospital, hidden in a secluded area. Let's have a look at what we found inside the very same cabinet. There's insignia, military insignia, a knife. For those of you who read Arabic, you'll be able to understand what it says here, but it's Hamas, the military wing, Kataib al-Qassam, of course a vest with equipment, and as always, an AK-47, standard gear, grab and go. The last item, which I'm sure will be very interesting to analyze, is a laptop. We found it in the MRI room. This is how the laptop looks. I don't know who it belonged to, but now it is being analyzed by our Intel people. Tactical radio communications, which we will analyze. Lots of disks, 
which will be analyzed, and a computer which at first glance already provides a lot of incriminating uh, evidence. And the incriminating evidence was we found photos of the abducted Israelis on that laptop. And now, let me tell you, we also found the major terror tunnel system that the world waits for us to find because we've been telling them about it for the longest time. We brought bulldozers to the southern part of the um, hospital right now. We are now digging. This is 80 meters deep with five different levels. It's a, more than 200 foot deep under the ground levels. And what they did over the last two weeks, they realized that Israel is closing in. So what they did, they actually poured concrete and some doors. They installed doors there and concrete walls to block it so it will not appear as if there is a tunnel there. But we, we know exactly because we have the plan of the tunnels. We, we, we seize that. So we know exactly what there is under the Shifa hospital, which is exactly why the Americans also were convinced and the White House issued a statement that was kind of our green light to go in and finally deal with it. Ladies and gentlemen, as we speak right now, Israel is engaged in neutralizing the most important hub of Gaza's terror tunnel system as we speak right now. And the minute we neutralize that portion, this is the hub to, from, from which so many tunnels come into and from where so many tunnels go out of. And of course, we believe that the leaders of Hamas that used to hide there, once they heard that we we're approaching, they already took off to other places, but we are closing on them. And the minute you neutralize such a hub, you're basically neutralizing everything to the north or to the south. And you can step by step capture more and more. And we're working on it right now. There are a lot of things I cannot say because we of the things we found. The IDF sensors uh, is not allowing to expose everything we know that we that there is, all the things that we found. But let me tell you something, it is far more than just incriminating. It is a crime against humanity. And uh, we are dealing with that as we speak. And this is an important thing. It has to be very clear that Gaza, not, Gaza is the largest terror base on planet Earth. And that is in the South. But Hezbollah is the largest terrorist organization on planet Earth. So Israel is now having an, a military that is performing amazingly that has to deal with, first, the largest terror base on planet Earth, and then the largest terror organization on planet Earth. And these are giant uh, missions and, 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 and uh, um, I guess, very much mountains that we need to climb. And we need a lot of prayers. And, and that brings me now brings me now to the tectonic shifts that the October 7th created. Major, major shift of plates of society, religiosity, and so many other things. And this is probably the most important thing that on this update. And, and again, I would love you to share it because you need to understand what is happening, not only in Israel, but what is happening in the Middle East, but what is also happening around the world, because that which is happening right now is literally sending shockwaves to the whole world. Shockwaves to the whole world. I will start with what's going on with Israel. The Jewish people today in Israel are more resilient united than we've ever been. Remember, October 6th, we were on the verge of civil war. October 6th, we were fighting whether Jews can even pray in Tel Aviv. October 7th came, and by October 8th, every one of us understand that liberal, conservative, left or right, 
we're all Jews and everyone wants to kill us just for being Jews. The left and the liberals who were hoping for peace with peace partners on the other side woke up to the reality that the closest people that they had on the other side betrayed them. Now, let me make it very clear. Most of the people that worked in the Jewish set and Jewish kibbutzim next to Gaza, most of the, if not all of them actually, all the Arabs that came to work there were working for Hamas, spying for Hamas. And so when the Hamas terrorists on October 7th came, they had a list of who lives where, who has how many kids, who is the responsible for security in this kibbutz. That's the first house. That's the first person they would kill. And then who has this? Who, who has a dog? Who has five kids? Who has babies? They knew everything. We, from the interrogation, found out that they even appointed a person to be the commander on the rape of women. Rape of women was not along the way, by the way. It was planned and there was a commander that was on that mission to make sure. And by the way, when, when we asked them, the terrorists that we captured, what's the story of raping women? And then sometimes while they raped them, they killed them. They shot them as they raped them. Sometimes they raped them after they were dead. So we asked them, what's the point? What, what's the story? They said, we, we needed to do that in order to A, make them dirty, and then we kill them so they will never ever bring babies to the world because we don't want more Jews. Which by the way, then we asked them, so why did you kill the babies? Why did you burn babies? They said, because those babies one day will be soldiers. So we need to kill them. And that brought us to the understanding that they were very much into releasing older women in the beginning because older women cannot bring babies to the world. So they are not going to bring more Jews to the world. That's it. Diabolic. Even in the way they release someone, this is how they think. Evil, satanic, beyond what you can ever imagine. Now, again, the Jew, something is going on in Israel, and it's hard for me to explain. Unless you're here, it's hard for me to explain, but let me, let me tell you something. There is two things. There are two things that are happening. There is a major return of Jewish people back to Israel right now, like never before. And there is a major exodus of Israelis from hedonism, materialism, and secularism towards spirituality and believe, not just in, not believe in, in Buddha, but in the God of Israel. Listen, let me show you a photo. In the heart of a war zone, it was so important for the Jewish people to pray. Those soldiers are now, they're more into praying that they brought four bulldozers to create a synagogue that is well protected, and they prayed right there. Look at this, the most amazing synagogue on planet Earth, all made of four gigantic bulldozers, because the war will not stop them from praying. If that's not enough, almost every building they're entering right now where they stay, they place a mezuzah on the doorpost. And if that's not enough, in order, if they know they're going to stay there for a while, they, they just open a synagogue in Beit Hanun. Take a look at this video. From this morning, for a scroll. We are believers, sons of believers, and we have no one to lean on but on our Father which is in heaven. Look at this. They lean on our Father which is in heaven. We have no one to trust but our Father which is in heaven. We love you, God. We love you, God of Israel. Look! Again, I'm a bit teary because you have to understand something. This country was running away from God. 
I mean, they were about to kill each other for a public prayer in the streets of Tel Aviv just two days before the massacre. On the day before the massacre, the Supreme Court was, they, it had to rule whether Jews are going to pray out, you know, outdoors in Tel Aviv. And today, today, they are flocking, flocking to believe and to pray and to get stronger and stronger. Now, some of you might say, yeah, but they don't, they don't believe in Jesus. Yeah, but you have to first believe in God. You have to first believe in the word of God and that later on, I can show you through the word of God who the Messiah is. You, you understand there is a major, major, major shift in the Israeli society that it's hard for me to explain of, again, abandoning hedonism and materialism and secularism and running towards the open arms of, of, of belief in God and believe in the word of God. Yes, Judaism has a lot of superstitious things. Yes, Judaism has a lot of religious things that are, but remember, this nation needs first to come back to God and the Bible says, through their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. Phenomenal. What we're watching is unbelievable. But now, this is the shift that we see within Israel. What about the shift that we see outside of Israel? Let me tell you something. Jewish people around the world are roughly 30% Orthodox, 70% not just secular, but ultra secular and ultra progressive and ultra liberal you know if you're american you know exactly what i'm talking about they woke up they woke up to understand that the professors in the university that they used to work with that was as woke as they are is now hating them for being jews they woke up to understand that the hollywood celebrities that they used to be friends with now they hate them just for being jews they woke up to understand that the um, people in, in, in the media and people in the academia and people in the business world, some the, the wave of anti-Semitism is so big that finally they understand. It, look, if you're a Swede and terrorism afflicting Sweden, you have no one to go. You're Swedish. That's your country. The Jews, whether in America or in France or in Germany, they do have a place. They have the only country up around the world that is the homeland of the Jewish people. They have an option. And I'm telling you, so many of them are afraid now to walk freely in Paris and in Berlin and in London. I hear, I hear people that live in Israel that their relatives live in those cities and they don't leave their house. In Australia and in New Zealand, and in big cities in America and all across Europe, anti-Semitism is so skyrocketing that Jewish people understand, okay, where can we go freely? And they know there is one country. So there is a, not only exodus from lifestyle and, and way of thinking, but physically we see them now applying to come to Israel. Phenomenal. And that will affect the U.S. elections because a major, major, look what we see. They understand that the far left in America hates them for being Jews. Far left, which is those that are working together with the Palestinians right now. Look what's going on. The Jewish people, for the first time in many, many years, find among the Republicans more shared values than among the Democrats. And it's unbelievable. These are things that are shaking the world. It shakes the world um, um, all over the world in America and in Europe. And even now, they're so angry that things like that are happening, that even on our chat room, we have uh, people that are trying to hijack it. Let me block user. There you go. Okay. But um, let me also explain to you folks uh, that um, this shift is not only happening among the Jewish people. It also happens among the civilians that are non-Jews in many of those countries. You know, the people of London wake up to understand that they're surrounded by people that hate even England. 
take a look at what they how they desecrate the English institutions and English monuments in in all of those uh, uh, you know uh, I, I all the videos are on my telegram I I don't want to waste time here but I mean it's amazing they placed the Palestinian flag on on monuments of soldiers and stuff like that so unbelievable we have it also in, in America on, on Veteran Day. They removed American flag and put Palestinian one on Veteran Day. Unbelievable. So people around the world wake up to understand that they have a monster outside, that it's in, actually it's inside, it's in their living room. And many of them are in anxiety and fear because of what is happening. They don't anymore live in a feeling that uh, this is a safe place. So you see this anti-Semitic, very much demonic cloud that is covering the world right now, scares normative people, causes Jews to rethink where they live and move, and causes the Israelis to be strong, united, and rush to hold on to their Jewish identity and whatever they know that is Jewish, praying and reading and celebrating as Jews uh, rather than uh, being part of the whole world. And, and it's, it's amazing. I, I'm watching and seeing this happening all around the world. I will also tell you that there is a shift that is happening because of the fact that Hamas jumped the gun too early. Hamas used the only bullet that it had in the gun and, and shot it earlier than it should have because the grand plan was that all the Iranian proxies, including Iran, will simultaneously attack Israel and destroy it. And what Hamas did, he awoke the, uh, the giant. Now we are destroying Hamas, which means Iran is losing their asset. We are going to deter Hezbollah and move them away from our border, which is also a problem for uh, Iran. And if needed, we have to go and deal with the other Iranian proxies in Yemen, in Iraq, in Syria as well. So, we, we and, and, and another thing you need to know is that all the grand plan that the Arabs have been working on for brainwashing the people to hate the Jews when the time comes, they're using it right now. So they're using it right now, and it's not giving them the effect that they hoped because this is not the day Israel is being destroyed. So uh, quite interesting. Take a look at what the Iranians uh, said to the Palestinians, uh, just so you know. I mean, they were very angry with them jumping the gun. Iran said, we won't enter war on behalf of Hamas. They actually said it to the Hamas leader. They said, look, guys, you didn't tell us you're doing it. You did not inform us, and you did not wait for the day to do it with everyone else. So you're on your own. Now, we're going to make sound and noise that we are helping you from the north or from Yemen. But in reality, the IDF is inside crushing Hamas. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. And it's quite interesting to see all of this. Hamas totally miscalculated this thing. And they, it miscalculated uh, the Arab world. They didn't understand that nobody's going to help them if they do it by themselves. And that's what we see. Even last Saturday, there, there's a meeting of all the Muslim, last Friday, of all the Muslim countries in the world, 57 countries, I think. And they didn't, they didn't decide anything that should scare us. In fact, if anything, the Saudis and the Emiratis, and the Bahrainis, and even the Moroccans, the Sudanese, they, they, they're, they're going to continue the Abraham Accords. And they understand that, you know, they're not going to sacrifice the great business and security deals that they have with Israel for the Hamas. Of course, they're not going to do it. And uh, so that's uh, what we see. And, and not only that, look what happened. The Jewish people in America were not in good terms with Israeli Jews because of so many different reasons. And now all the Jews are together. Take a look at the rally, pro-Israel rally in DC a couple days ago, the largest pro-Israel rally in the history of America with 290,000 people that were filling the street. This is not only Jews, a lot of 
evangelical Christians showed up there as a support, token of support for Israel, and it was phenomenal. And by the way, there was no violence, there was no cussing, nobody fought the police, nobody did anything. It, amazing. But I will tell you, there's a lot of stuff you don't know about that time. You don't know that at least 900 Jews that arrived from Detroit to Dulles Airport, they were stuck there because the bus drivers that were supposed to take them to the mall in, in D.C. refused to drive them. 900 more Jews should have been there. Bus drivers, because they're Muslims, refused to drive the Jewish people from the Dull Dulles Airport all the way to center of D.C. to the mall area. Quite amazing thing to see. You know, as I said, right now we are finding tons of stuff, which I will probably report in on a special update because uh, many of you, I mean, I cannot right now. I'm not allowed to share more. But I want you to know, prayers work. The enemy is defeated. God is on the throne. Amazing things are happening. We need to pray for as many abductees to be found and brought back. We need to pray for that evil to be crushed. And we need to pray that throughout all of this, many will see the Messiah and be saved. And you have to understand, this is the only hope for peace in the Middle East. We need to pray. But remember, God is on the throne. God is working. God will deliver. We must understand this is a wave. This is a trial. This is a test for all of us. I believe that we live in a preview of the sheep and the goats trial that will happen at the end of the tribulation. We're not, if you're a believer, you're not going to be part of that trial. But, but if you're not, you will be if you survive the tribulation. But I think that if God is going to separate the nations, sheep from goats, according to how they treated the brethren of Jesus, the Jewish people, if that is so important to God, that if they did the least of that to his brethren, they did it unto him, which is exactly what Joel said in chapter 3, that God will judge the nations according to what they did to his people Israel. If it's so important for God to judge nations that mishandled Israel, how much more it's important right now for a true believer who is filled with the Spirit of God, who knows the Word of God, to rise up and not be ashamed, not of the gospel and not of the promises of God for the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is still blind, but the Bible said concerning the gospel, they are enemies, but concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of their fathers, for the gift and the callings of God are irrevocable. They have a veil. They can't see that. That doesn't mean, oh, we need to hate them. No, Paul Paul knew there is a there is a, a, a veil that only when, when one turns to Christ, this veil is, is removed. And that's why he says blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of Gentiles is come. So you have to understand, this is prophetic that they cannot see the Messiah, but it's also prophetic that individuals among them will turn to him and therefore will not have to go through the tribulation. And that's because of your prayers, because of our prayers, and because of our boldness to not be ashamed of that gospel that can save the Jew first and also the Gentile. So listen, share this with as many as you can. I also want you to know that I'm being attacked on social media. They're trying to, they're trying to hack and dis disqualify me. They're going to shut some of my... This new book, uh, Discovering Daniel is being pushed on, on Amazon, and only because I told you to go and pre-order, it finally went up. They don't want this truth to come out because this is where all the promises of God for Israel are being detailed and explained. Discoveringdaniel.com, pre-order it now so it will stay there strong, so Amazon cannot ignore and will have to keep it there. Please do it. Discovering Daniel. And if you love... Uh, if you love fiction, a lot of what you see today out of the far north, our latest novel, which will open your eyes to understand the Middle East and will also give you an understanding 
of the things that are under the ground. It is all there. Out of the far north.com, you can get it. Thank you. God bless you. And I'll pray over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you his peace. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. I love you. Thank you. God bless you. Please order, pre-order, Discovering Daniel. And this one is already out, out of the far north. I love you. God bless you. And Shalom. And join Telegram right now. Join the Amir Sarfari and Behold Israel channel on Telegram. Here you will receive daily updates and audio messages from Amir. You can also take part in our community and reply with comments. Getting started is easy. Simply download Telegram from the App Store, then visit the Behold Israel Telegram channel in your browser. From there, click Preview Channel, then click Join. That's it. See you on Telegram.